Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome on this bright and sunny morning here on the eastern part of the U.S. It is April what, 13th, 2021. Happy to have everybody here. And let's see what our topic is today. By the way, if you've been following along, this is season seven of one of our longest running Game Changer series, and this is episode four of the year 2021. So I have two buzz quotes for you, and then we'll have our special panelists who are experts on this topic Tell us who they are, what they do, what their passion is, and then we'll get started. So buzz number one, this is from eventbrite.com. Listen up. Once a niche, niche, however you want to say the French word, niche aspect of the event industry, virtual events, that's our keyword today, have become an integral part of daily life in the time of COVID-19. And it looks like these events are here to stay. Just let that sink in. I'm here on Zoom with my guests. It's a virtual event. We know what we're talking about. Buzz number two, I have a quote from markletic.com. It says, "Audio, oh, I'm sorry, audience engagement is absolutely key to virtual events because it's very easy for your audience to get distracted when attending your events online. Provide interactive elements so that your audience feels incredibly involved. They didn't say a little involved or maybe involved or partly incredibly involved. So we've got some advice there. So let's take a look at history. Over the past year of the global pandemic, our world has shifted to become almost completely digital. We all know this. We're living it. The phenomenon is not limited to your day-to-day interactions with your family, your peers, your colleagues, your community. It has impacted the way you engage with your customers. That's right, particularly when it comes to events. And I've already said that's our topic today. Is the transition from in-person to digital events as simple as just saying, okay, I was going to have this meeting in person. We'll just stick the agenda online. Everybody will show up and have a great time. We'll get our message. I don't think so. That's why we're here today. Delivering an engaging customer experience in a digital event requires a different set of skills. Uh Heads up. New skills, ways of engaging your target audience's attention. And I put in the word target for a reason. And most importantly, strategies for creating a memorable experience. And we could apply the word memorable to getting them to remember why they're there in the first place so that they stay and then remembering why they went after the fact. So which platforms? should you pick? Which visual tools are best for engagement? You want an immersive experience? Get them involved and engaged. How can you ensure their content you're delivering to them is quality enough to make it worth their while? How can you promote your event on social media and position your call to action? These are all top of mind questions. I have three experts today. We have Kathy Lopez, an SVP of Global Events at at SAP. Kathy, welcome. We know you're busy and we're so honored you're here. We have Lawrence Stefano. Is it Stefano or Stefano? Remind me, Lauren. It is Stefano. Lauren Stefano, I said corrected, at Seismic. We'll find out what she does. And we have Mark Delaval, and his last name is V-A-L-L-E, and I'm being very careful not to say Valley, Mark. See, I'm practicing at Encore Global in Canada. And we're going to ask them to share their insights and insider tips. That's why we're here today on building engagement, how they do it into their own and their customer events, what's working, Maybe they'll tell us what's not and the biggest pitfalls to avoid. So our topic today, how to build engaging virtual events 
Insider Success Tips. I am Bonnie D. Grimm. Thrilled to be here. We should have probably had this topic. I'm talking to Kirsten Boileau at SAP, who's the long-running sponsor of this series. Kirsten, we should probably have had this topic about eight months ago, but here we are because online events are here to stay. So, Kathy Lopez, again, we're honored to have you. Thank you so much for coming and being here. Kathy, I'm going to put you on speaker view and ask you to introduce yourself to our global listening audience. Go ahead, Kathy. Thanks so much, Bonnie. Hi, everybody. It's Kathy Lopez. I'm with SAP. I've been with SAP for um, over 16 years now and held uh, many different roles in transformation, you know, focusing on our partner community, then working on understanding the nuts and bolts and the plumbing of marketing by rolling out marketing automation and all the transformation halves with that, which really set me up um, really nicely to take on the role of head of events, um, global events at SAP, where we're working together to navigate through this new world that we're living in from the in-person event world to the digital world and how can we make them effective. So, so happy to be here and glad to have some um, really great additions to our panel to help us tell the story. Thank you, Kathy. Let me ask you a quick question before we introduce Lauren. Kathy, what's your passion for this? Why are events so important to you? You have gone through the ranks. You've risen up. You're at SVP. Congratulations on a very important role at SAP. I was SAP for nine years, and I know how it works. Kathy, what's your passion? Do you wake up and say, we're going to do better digital events today? Where's (laughs) your heart on this today? Is this an insurmountable challenge, or is it? are people understanding what it takes? Just a quick overview, Kathy. I, I think, I mean, it's it's just events have always been ripe for transformation, you know, transformation. I feel like, you know, events are a content distribution when you think about it. And how do we bring that experience that's right to the individual? So why I love this topic so much is the sky's the limit, right? We are so much about people, individual choice. And now the event world is now transforming, you know, transforming to be able to bring people the experience they want and consume content the way they want, you know, and digital opens up the doors so much. So my passion for this is helping teams that may not be as comfortable in this space, becoming comfortable, creating it as part of their DNA, making it an and versus an or when it comes to the event space. Wow. Well, thank you very much. And the word comfort, you know, I don't, I don't know that we were going to cover that today, but you introduced it. Comfort, some people are just not, and I, listen, I do hundreds of live shows a year and I have people who are comfortable just being on this virtual conference setting, Kathy, in front of, and knowing they're going to be recorded or even live streamed and there is a comfort level. Thank you for that very much. Lauren Stefano, welcome. We're so happy to have you here as well. Would you please do me the honor of introducing yourself and I'm putting you on speaker view. Lauren, go ahead. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So I am currently the Director of Customer Marketing at Seismic. Um, My background originally was actually in digital marketing. So I spent several years doing paid search, display media, really any kind of digital media, um, and then made the transition into customer marketing, where it's really about how do you help customers get value from this purchase that they've made? How do you help them engage more deeply? Um, So as part of that, I was uh, recently involved in our annual Seismic Shift Conference where we had over 100 speakers um, come and Kirsten, who you mentioned, was one of them. She was excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it was a really uh, our first time doing it 
as a virtual event versus an in-person event. So it was a big transformation um, for all of us, but I think um, a very successful one. So something really excited about and, and thinking a lot about what that means going forward. Thank you very much, Lauren. Yes, Kirsten, I've known her for years. We've worked together a long time on this series, and uh, she is an excellent speaker, and she has such a depth. And, and I mentioned in my opening, right, the quality of the content. And when you get somebody who's knowledgeable like the three of you are, we're going to hear from Mark in a second, and Kirsten Boileau, you know you're going to get good information that's going to make it worthwhile for your audience to attend and have something memorable to take away. So I guess one of our insider tips could be pick people who know what they're talking about. Or if you want something controversial, pick people who have a provocative point of view where you can start, not not a food fight, but where you can start something that'll keep the energy up and and have a discussion. So thank you very much for that. I wasn't going to give away tips at the start, but we're getting them already. And Kathy talked about comfortable and Lauren's word is, yes, engaging and good content and people who are are smart about the topic. Mark DeLaValle, you've been waiting patiently. And the last time I said that to a third guest, he said to me, how do you know I'm so patient? So I say, Mark DeLaValle is here. Mark, we're also very honored that you're with us. I'm going to put you on speaker view. Kindly introduce yourself and tell us what your passion is for the topic. Mark, welcome. You bet. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Uh, Again, my name is Mark DeLaValle, and I'm the general manager uh, with Encore Canada, and I'm based out of Calgary, Alberta in Canada. And thank you again for having me on today. Uh, my passion for this topic stems for, uh, from 20 years as a live event professional and the subsequent shift to virtual and hybrid events over the past 13 months. We desperately want to see people succeed using these platforms with their events, conventions, and meetings. And we have worked really hard to grow our game in supporting this area and to be leaders in development and delivery. And one of my primary areas of focus over the past uh, year and a bit has been to engage with people, to encourage and educate them, and that there are several new benefits to delivering an event um, virtually, and that there are a ton of tools and products out there that can help. And really what I'm looking to avoid uh, was to have uh, people cancel, postpones, postpone events outright without contemplating other options because they weren't familiar with the technology or, you know, um, so that uh, it's, it's been a real battle. <laughs> Interesting. So there's a, there's a learning curve involved, right? Is that what you're saying, Mark? There's a I, learning I, curve and a culture curve. Can we say that? Absolutely. And it's a steep learning curve. And um, it's, uh, it's been a process, but uh, here we are a year later and, uh, you know, it's, it's getting traction. And people are, I, I find, are, are less and less, I think afraid might be the wrong word of the technology, mm-hmm. but more willing to, um, to expand and, and try different things and uh, reach different audiences. Um, there's, there, there's a lot uh, to unpack there. The technology, the platform, the choices, I will share with you all that I went on. uh, Reluctantly, I joined a a large Zoom attendee call from graduates of the, we used to call it junior high school. Anybody remember 7th, 8th, ninth grade was junior high, unless you're all too young for that. Now it's called middle school, something between elementary and high school in the U.S. And it was a Zoom call. And I went on and I had one of my virtual backgrounds and most of the people were retired. I won't give you any age groups here, but the call went like this. There were 25 boxes on the screen and people were saying to each other, 
Are we on? Is it working? I don't know how to use Zoom. Really? What? Look at us. There we Hello, Bob. Hey, Susan, how are you? Yes, it was New York. Okay, I'm a New Yorker. I'm allowed to do that accent. But after 10 minutes, nobody was running it. People didn't know. Are we on? And they're sitting there eating their dinner in front of the, the screen. They don't know. And people are holding their phone. I think I got it. We're live on Zoom. I don't know what to do. And after this, and here I am, a professional using Zoom for global radio. And I just quietly clicked off. And I went and I don't drink much, but I went and had hot chocolate. I said, that's it. So talking about events, it wasn't planned. Nobody was in charge. Yes, it was just a group of alumni getting together, but it was to me a complete, you know, what kind of a show. It was a disaster and it was very annoying. So I'm derailing, but it was an event and somebody should have taken better care of it so that it was memorable for the right reasons. Right, Kathy Lopez? Absolutely. There there we go. Now we get to the part of the show. (laughs) I've asked my, I'm sorry, it was such a strange memory. It was memorable, just not well. I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a movie, a song, a character in a TV show, and we've got three really interesting quotes for you today. Kathy Lopez somehow picked a quote from Captain America, Steve Rogers, played by Chris Evans, to Sam Wilson Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, in Avengers Endgame 2019, a superhero film based on the Marvel Comics superhero film, The Avengers. And Kathy, I don't know if you know this, but it became the highest grossing film of all time between July 2019 and March 2021. So there we go. And the quote is three words. I have no idea what she's going to say, how Kathy's going to apply it to our topic. But the quote is, on your left, Kathy Lopez, (laughs) rescue us. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Okay, well, to understand the backstory, I mean, first of all, my family and I are huge Marvel fans. Like during the pandemic, actually, we might we introduced my daughter to it and watched a Marvel movie every week, right during lockdown, right? It was what we did. And um, we introduced her, we created a beast. Uh, All she does is talk about Marvel. And I think she um, goes by Miss um, Chris Evans now so which is hilarious but back to the quote now for those of you who have seen the movie or those of you haven't um, those of you who have know what I'm talking about it's the moment in the Avengers Endgame that gives probably the most chills to everybody Um, it's uh, you know, the, the Avengers who were left, and I don't want to give too much away because if you haven't seen it, please see it. Do yourself a favor. It's a fantastic okay. series and movie. But at one point, all, all is lost, right? We are thinking that this is it. This is the end. We're done. And all of a sudden, there is in, in um, Captain America's ear, he hears a voice that says, on your left. And Things happen. I mean, if you watch people's reactions, there's so many great TikToks about it. People just go nuts in the theater. They go nuts. And um, it's a throwback to a quote that was used in a different event, a different Marvel movie. And what's cool about that is, you know, Marvel has done such an amazing job bringing experiences through, right? Whether they're telling the the superhero comic stories and, you know, all throughout, you know, you get to learn about the characters, but there's really cool moments of continuity that they bring in. And the on your left means a few different things. Number one, it was when, um, you know, Chris Evans' character kind of gives the... um, you know, one of the, the main, one of the main guys, the Falcon, you know, he used to lap him and he used to pass him and he'd be like on your left. But in this case, the Falcon actually said this to Captain America and he's like on your left and it's, it's, I'm here. 
I'm here for you. Uh, and it gives me the chills even as I talk about it because <laughs> that is where I see this transformation. We're all here. We're here for you. We're here together. And it just gives you that moment that you're not in this alone. So I love this quote, not only because the Marvel Universe have created such an amazing you know, set of movies and storylines that have so much cool continuity throughout, but also are able to tie in really neat things like this to make you feel human, to make you feel, you know, um, really neat. So that's how I, that's why I chose this quote, because I just think it's a very simple way to say, I'm here for you and I'm here, I've got you, you know, and that's why I picked that one. Thank you, Kathy. I, I appreciate that. I love the background. I'm not going to ask how old your daughter is, but if she's Miss Chris Evans, I'm sure she has a reason for this. <laughs> she wants I, to be. <laughs> I, 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 I bet. I, I, and, and I will share with you, Kathy and, and Mark and Lauren, that I used to ask my guests for quotes from anybody, and people were sending quotes from Winston Churchill, Mark Twain, Maya Angelou, Darwin, and he never said what you thought he said. It was a professor, Leon C. Meganson, who said about the survival. It was a paraphrase. Darwin never said those words. Anyway, it was going on and on and on. And we were getting little Shakespeare, Marie Curie, and we we're getting John F. Kennedy. And after a while, I figured, oh, my goodness, how can I engage my audience and my yeah. panelists in a different way? So I said, no more quotes from real people. It has to be a character in a movie or a lyric from a song or recently we expanded to, to TV show characters. And Kathy, you just exemplified <laughs> why there's an excitement in engaging people in a cultural reference, whether people have seen or not seen Endgame. We're all excited about it now because of you and your story, what you shared and how you related to the topic. So it works. Thank you, Kathy Lopez. <laughs> You're welcome. You just validated I'm give you the chills. Yes. We're trying to have memorable content here on Game Changers Radio, and you just added to that. Thank you, Kathy. Yep. So, so that could be, Kathy, can you turn that into an insider tip for somebody planning an event, how to use maybe a movie reference? Could they just open it with a quote from a movie? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a great idea to to try and bring something relatable, right? So, and, you know, and I think that's what's that's what I think is is real about doing something like that. You get to know a little bit more about the personality, kind of what's important to them, how they see the world. And it starts to, you know, it, people want to be able to connect on some level. So by bringing in an element like this, whether it's pop culture or whatever, people are able to find commonality there, right? So anyone out there who's heard, who knows on your left, knows this from the Avengers is going, I need, I get it. Like, I, you know, I get it. Or they haven't. Now they're going to say, oh, now I need to understand why. So, Hopefully, I, I hear from some of you out there who have watched it and understand and have that same the moment. But I think it's a great way to drive that engagement for sure. Thank you. Thank you for validating my madness to my method. I, I have guests, <laughs> Kathy, on some of my shows who fight me tooth and nail. I'm, I'm not a movie fan. Not, I said, well, here, I'm giving you the top 20 movie quotes of the past 10 years. No. All right. I'm giving you the top 20 song quotes. I'm giving you the top 20 movie, TV show right. quotes. They, I don't want to do. I said, that's that's how we engage our audience. Thank you, yeah. Kathy. You validated on so many levels. And we got another insider tip. Lauren Stefano. We have a quote from the wedding singer, Robbie Hart, played by Adam Sandler, was talking to Linda, played by Angela Featherstone. 1998. Was it really that long ago? American romantic comedy. I'm going to set up the quote with the sequence in the scene, if that's OK with you, Lauren. Sure. Okay. So I won't try to do character voices, but Robbie says, hey, you're late. Linda says, I'm sorry, I just couldn't do it. Robbie, well, if you need some more time, I guess I can wait. Linda, no, I don't need more time, Robbie. I don't ever 
want to marry you. And here's the line Lauren has picked. Robbie says, geez, you know, that information might have been a little more useful to me yesterday. <laughs> Great movie line. Lauren, I'm putting you on speaker view. How'd you find this one? And what does it have to do with our topic? Lauren, you're up. Um, so, I mean, how did I find it? My husband and I say it to each other all the time, whenever anything <laughs> comes up, we're like, you know, that really would have been more useful to me yesterday. Um, so the context for behind the quote is that Robbie has been left at the altar by Linda. And so this conversation is, is right after the wedding. They've, you know, he's gone home, everybody's left and, um, and, and then they have this sort of follow-up conversation, um, and so, you know, for me, thinking about a digital event, it was nobody likes surprises, right? People love birthday presents. Presents are great. But when it comes to a virtual event, surprises are bad. People want to understand what's the content? What am I going to see if I go to this session? What am I going to learn? The people who are presenting me want to understand what's being asked of me. Where, when do I need to have this done? Where do I need to go? How am I going to record it? Or, you know, what? lighting and equipment do I need? How is this all going to work? Everybody that's working together internally as a team needs to understand what's going on, right? And, and so it's really about how do you avoid those surprises? And if you are in a situation where you have bad news, right? She has this realization that actually she doesn't want to get married. It's bad news no matter what, but gosh, it would have been better to say something before the wedding, right? Rather than to just not show up. Um, and so it's, it's that as soon as you realize that something is wrong, you've got to bring the team in and get everybody together so that you can figure out a solution. And then you've got to be really clear in your expectation setting with all of the people that you're asking to participate in your event, either by presenting or by attending or you know whatever their role is. Um, so that that's kind of how I think about it. Thank you. Very, very well put and interesting. I'm, I'm hearing between the lines, be prepared, know the platforms you pick, know the people, know the ins and outs of the software, of anything you're using that's third party or external. Make sure you're experienced, do some trial runs. You don't want the wrong kind of, a surprise would be a guest speaker who was so incredibly dynamic past what their bio said they would be that everybody is enthralled. That's a good surprise. A bad surprise is the recording stops or the screen goes blank or Zoom goes down or meetings doesn't work or you had this fabulous background prepared for the event and your mark right and your your virtual background doesn't work on a particular platform be prepared do a lot of trial runs put some time into understanding what you're getting yourself into and be prepared for being having basically an end run if anything does go wrong either excuse it you know there's a rule in comedy and I did stand up years ago now I just try to be funny sitting down that's the way it goes but the rule is address the audience's objections while they're seeing or hearing something. You be the first one. Yeah, can you believe I'm only four foot eight or I'm, or I'm six foot nine? Can you believe I can hardly fit on the stage? Whatever it is, address it before they say, what's wrong? Don't they know? So think about if something happens, be prepared to address it. Maybe excuse it, maybe offer a workaround, but don't just let it be obvious that something's wrong to everybody and they think, 
why doesn't the person running this event know what's going on? Okay, off my soapbox. Mark, thank you, Lauren. That was great. Glad to know what you and your husband say to each other all the time. The inside information. Thank you very much. Mark, use the, use the movie quotes in your real day life and they will make more sense. Mark DeLaval has sent us a quote from Rocky Balboa, played by the one and only Sylvester Stallone, to his son in Rocky Balboa, the 2006 film. He's AKA, it's actually Robert Balboa, takes his ring name, the Italian Stallion, and there are all kinds of questions on where did they actually get the term Rocky from legend Rocco Francis, Rocco Marciani, Rocky Marciano Marchigiano, but it also resembles middleweight boxing champion Thomas Rocco, Rocky Graziano Barbella. So there's a question about it. Here's the quote. I, you know I'd get to it eventually, Mark. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. That's the best I can do today, Mark. You're up. Mark, rescue me. Go ahead. Thank you. No, this, uh, I mean, this quote uh, is, is meant to reflect the resiliency and realities of working in corporate audiovisual rentals. Um, over the years, uh, our industry has faced a number of threats to the traditional way we have conducted uh, in-person meetings, conferences, conventions. Um, and for myself, I can remember the, the first one I was a part of was during 9-11 when it was thought that people would be afraid to travel again and that video conferencing was going to be the way of the future. And, uh, you know, lesson learned from that was, you know, we have to be able to adapt our game quickly and adjust on the fly. You know, people are counting on us to provide solutions and fast, you know, and then fast forwarding to 2020 when uh, we saw a 90% decrease in our business overnight a year ago uh, due to the pandemic. Again, we had to revamp and readjust very quickly. And to get buy-in from people, it took a lot of time. In some cases, it took people trying different solutions and then eventually working uh, with us to get to the right solution. And in, in a large part, it's been the strength and resiliency of our team in trying out different uh, ways of building and delivering um, events that has kept things moving in a positive direction. And our industry, our, our business has taken lots of hits over the past year, but we've survived and arguably are now thriving in this new world of virtual and hybrid event delivery. So that's why that quote resonates with me. Thank you very much. Yes, we love the Rocky quote, and I try to do my best on the interpretation. You, know, you did very well. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. I started out a little bland, but once I got into it, you know, New York, New York, what can I tell you? Rocky, Rocky. Thank you. Thank you all for putting the time into picking really cool movie quotes. I appreciate that. You validate my method here, my madness, as I call it. Now is the part of the show where we get into the real meat and potatoes of the topic. And if you're just tuning in, this is Changing the Game with Digital Engagement Radio, presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie. D. Graham. Happy to be here with, we have Kathy Lopez at SAP. We have Lauren Stefano at Seismic and we have Mark Delaval at Mark. Remind me, is your company Global Canada? Is it Global Canada slash Calgary? Calgary, how do you like to position the name of your, your company? We are part of the Encore group of companies, but we are Encore Canada. 
on Cork Canada. Okay, want to make sure I have that right. Good. So now's the part where we have some, as I said, meat and potatoes. We're talking statements from my panelists about the topic. And Kathy Lopez, I've, I've asked Kathy in the chat here if we could combine statement one and two. We've been talking about this, but I think it needs a little more emphasis here. Kathy said in her statement number one, digital experiences are temporary until we can all get back together in person. And then she adds in statement two, and Mark, you just alluded to this, hybrid events offering both in-person and digital experiences for the same event are the next experience people will expect. So, Kathy, why don't you build these out for us, and then I'm going to go around the table and ask Lauren and then Mark to agree or disagree with you. I think I know where they're going to go, but let's wait and see. <laughs> Kathy, you're up. Please go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to for everyone. I mean, I know some teams, especially the ones that are in the event industry, are saying, oh, we're just going to get back to where we were before and you know we just have to tolerate this until you know we can get back to life as we know it or knew it right back in the day all of you know 2019 it was such a long time ago back in my day when I could do in-person events right so um so I look at it you know and 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 then everyone's like oh well then hybrid will be the next thing and I think what it's coming down to is we've got to look at the customer experience mostly, right? How is it that they want to and need to consume the content that you're offering, right? I mean, there's a time and place for in-person experiences, but what those are going to look like in the future, I think, um, you know, needs to be determined, right? Because companies have learned how quickly they their teams can adapt. I mean, we're planning our biggest conference, you know, in, for, for June, and we're doing it all virtually, right? Normally, we would have gotten together just for internal meetings in person over and over and over again. And we're doing this, you know, using technology to enable it. I think there's a lot of things that have changed, you know, um, you know, to be able to deliver virtual experiences better. Technology has improved. People are getting more familiar with it. Um, quite honestly, I think if you're given a choice, uh, you know, to, to what Mark was saying before, to spend a day getting on a plane for a one-day event, you know, and then get back on the plane the next day, the logistics of that will be, will be difficult and the costs associated with that will be difficult. So I don't think these are a temporary experience. I feel like they're here to stay, but I think in the future that the, the talk of hybrid, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, hybrid will become more and more, you know, forward, you know, come to the, fo you know, to the foreground here because we need to give our customers a choice of how they want to engage and consume with us. So, I mean, that's just a really quick setup of, you know, they're here. I feel they're here to stay. I'm curious to see what Lauren and Mark feel. Yeah, let's go around the table. Lauren, what do you think? Agree or disagree? Anything you want to add? You're up. Yeah, so I think in general, I agree. I, I think expectations have changed. I don't think we will wholesale go back to how things were. Um, we did, it was interesting going through some of the attendee feedback that we received. There were a lot of people that said, you know, I missed the live event. I want to get back together. There's a sense of energy. There's a sense of community that does happen when people are in physical spaces. So I think for certain things, there will be a desire to come back together physically in the same location. But I think there is also going to be an expectation that there's some way to participate in that virtually and that it's not just that you have to get on the plane and you have to get there in person, um, but that there's some component or maybe it's, you know, a smaller group coming together in person and other people participating 
in digital ways. But I, I do think um, I do think people want to get back together. I don't think we're going to see a complete return to the old normal. I think you know you're you're absolutely right, Kathy. As somebody that's done a several too many one day business trips where you're on the first flight out or the first train out and the first flight back and you see, you know, all the same, you see the same crew of people making that loop with you and it's no fun. And I don't think anybody wants to go back to that. So I think we will see um, more things moving digital, but also for those big key moments, still a desire to get together in person and, and build some of those connections. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as often, right? Like mm-hmm. I think when they do it, people are going to be much more selective in yes. why they, they deal yes. with that back and forth and that early flight and packing a suitcase. I don't even think I remember how to pack. But anyway, <laughs> but, but then that comes to the question of the choice and the options. How do you and how do you engage your audience, your target audience, your customers, prospects, anybody, partners, to to let them know they have a choice and to make it equal so that you'll still get the value of the event if you do it virtually versus if you get on that plane or train and come that you're not, right. mean, oh, I didn't get to go to this cocktail. Well, we'll do a virtual cocktail. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking there's, there's an insider tip in here somewhere. Mark, let's get you in on this before we decide what the tip is on the segment. Go ahead, Mark. First and foremost, I, I would agree with both Lauren and Kathy that, um, that um, you know, once we're able to, to meet back in person, there certainly is pent up demand, uh, you know, to, to get back out. But um, as for the future, I, I think as we go along here, uh, people are going to see that there are more and more and more options um, as, as far as opportunities uh, to um, deliver quality events uh, digitally and, um, and, uh, and how they plan out uh, an event calendar over the course of the year may see, um, you know, where you might have gathered quarterly, you may gather just a couple of times a year. And, and sprinkle in more of the digital end of things. Um, did you want me to touch on the engagement piece that you had just talked about, Bonnie? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that, and then we'll, we'll keep this going before we go to a statement from Lauren. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so I, I mean, there, again, um, several different instances over the past year of what works, what doesn't work, but it is, uh, it is, and I'd, I'd listed it on one of my statements that putting in the extra time to to plan a, a virtual or hybrid meeting as opposed to a traditional in-person, you um, it, it's it's totally um, it's a massive shift in what we had we had done previously, because now you're trying to gauge how your your content is going to resonate with somebody watching from their home office or office or. Um, um, anywhere outside of a, a venue and um, sponsors I, I found in particular are um, somewhat leery to this um, this new shift and, and want to know um, what the results will be in advance so you really have um, I, I've seen it where you, you don't sometimes don't get a second chance so it uh, there is a ton of pressure um, in, in laying out one of these uh, virtual and hybrid events Interesting. Thank you very much. Uh, Kathy, you wanted to say something about audience data, and we're going to get to Lauren's statement about rethinking your audience in a minute. But Kathy, join me. What do you think? Yeah, well, as Mark was talking, Lauren was talking, I was thinking, I was like, we, we missed actually a really important part of the digital experience and all the things that we've learned over the last you know year, right? Pivoting so 
forcefully right to this this medium. There's so much insight and data now that we have about our customers and how they engage with us, right? And I think we've learned so much stuff that you know you're not going to learn from beacons on a show floor, right? You're learning about how long they're staying in, what areas that they're um, you know, interested in and being able to think about a more tailored experience. And I feel like we need to also remember that this is helping the businesses as well provide better content, more meaningful content. And as we think about the return to, you know, in person, I think we'll be able to hone in more on what that should look like. So I just, I think it's probably an area you buy guys both, but we all know, but I think we forget to talk about it sometimes <laughs> in you. this world. Anything, uh, Kathy? I'm sorry, from what Kathy said, Lauren or Mark, anybody want to comment on what Kathy just shared? Mark, it looks like you're ready to say something. No, I, I think Kathy hit it right on the mark. And I, I think, uh, again, as we're learning that uh, people um, need to contemplate when you're, when you're planning one of these events, what analytics are going to be available mm-hmm. to you post-event as compared to uh, if, if you're in person to get somebody to fill out a, a survey but um, yeah, there's so much more available to you and in understanding what's resonating and what might not be. Um, you, you can see who is attending a breakout session or a, or a trade show or which trade show booths are getting traction and mm-hmm. in, in visiting one of these virtual events. So I completely agree with, uh, with what Kathy said. I want to share with all of you a little experience I had. I have a Monday night radio show called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives not a business show. It's not B2B. I have artists and musicians and people who do interesting things, uh, interesting books, interesting things they teach, they do. Just, I call them my creatives. I had a guest on who got 400,000 followers on Facebook. She came up with an interesting take on losing a lot of weight in a very natural, non-additive way. I'll just say that. And she's got followers all over the world. She's become a guru just by somebody who said, look what I did. That was it. And she's not selling any products. She's just, here I am. This is what I did. She promoted that show so well that before we were done live streaming to Facebook, I had 3,000 views on that video. It's just a little one. Within three days, we were up to 6,000 views, over 1,000 engagements. It's now a week later. We're up to just shy of 9,000 views of that one one-hour show. I do the show every week. Nobody has come close. So talk about Kathy and, and Mark and Lauren, audience engagement or participant engagement, the idea of social sharing. Here we are. Our topic today, our show is changing the game with digital engagement. My guest digitally engaged people in a virtual event, shared it with people. She is so well-respected and well-followed that people wanted to know what is she doing. So maybe that's a tip is invite guests who have a following, right? And we'll use their social following to help you get the word out. Kathy, any comments on that? Well, I think it's um, it's got to be part of your portfolio, right, of your content portfolio. I mean, these influencers and types, I think, um, bring a whole, in some cases, a brand new audience you may have never thought of before. And, um, you know, just by having, you know, them join and them validate, it's like, again, when you look at, the traditional path people would go on to make purchasing decisions or whatever, mm-hmm. it's changed now, right? Because of this phenomenon of the influencer and the elements that they're bringing to the stage here. And like I said, you're opening your um, doors to people mm-hmm. that you wouldn't. It's like a, a network of networks in a way, um, of one way to look at it. 
Network of networks. I like that. And speaking of audience, Lauren Stefano, I'm going, Stefano, I keep saying it wrong. I apologize. Statement number one, this is a, a segue of what we've been talking about. So let's dive in. Lauren says, when an event moves from physical to digital, it is an opportunity to completely rethink the audience. Let's talk about that focus topic of rethinking your audience. Who do you want? Who do you get? Lauren, take it. Yeah, so this was one of the earliest conversations that we had as we started to think about our event for the year. It's always been a customer conference um, that, you know, we, we had a great set of customers that would come to every year. And we sat back and we thought, well, gee, nobody has to travel, right? Nobody has to, to put in this real investment to come to the event in the way that they would have before. We don't have to keep the... The audience so limited, right? And we don't have from our end, we don't have some of those constraints of, well, the ballroom can only hold so many people or we only have this many hotel rooms. Um, and so we can really open it up and put our content in front of a whole new set of audiences that either we might not have been able to reach before or we might not have been able to have content for so many different events, right? We had uh, we were able to have a huge number of sessions as well because you just don't have any of those physical constraints. And so we found a couple of things. One was there was a, a an opportunity to really go broad. And so to say it's not just for our customers, but it is actually for the entire industry. It's not something somebody has to already be affiliated with us or you know invested in us to find value in. It's something that we can also use as a way for new folks to get to know us and to to become affiliated. It could become an entry point. And then also for many of our existing customers, it really opened up who was able to attend. So teams that might have previously been able to send, you know, one or two people, again, because Mm -hmm. there's travel, there's days out of the office, it's a, a big investment to send somebody. Well, now they said, well, can we send our whole team? Sure, of course, right? And so we have a much broader persona set that's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, the opportunity to have different content that meets them. We had the opportunity to actually run the event twice um, because we were leveraging recorded content. So it ran for different time zones um, so that we had folks in Europe that could come at a convenient time, folks Mm -hmm. in North American time zones. So it just really... Um, gave us an opportunity to step back and say, well, with all these constraints gone, like what else could we do? And it's sort of that blue skies opportunity. Constraints gone. I got that. Constraints Mm -hmm. gone. What can we do? Mark, I'm going to ask you to agree or disagree. And Mark, I was going to pick your statements number two and four. We'll get to those. But if you want to use some of that in your comments about what Lauren said, go ahead. Got plenty no, to talk I, about. I completely agree. And uh, I, I'm trying to do, uh, on my side, promote promote this, uh, particularly uh, in our city here, where um, traditional convention space is uh, um, at a premium. But that is one, the one area that we're trying to encourage, that you, you can certainly broaden audiences and, um, and get more people in, involved. So we are uh, definitely pushing that end of things and um, the the kind of spill off that uh, is associated with that. We talk we talk about travel and we talk about uh, cost to send uh, people to uh, to live events. And again, we're we're heavily promoting that in a positive manner that we can get even more 
people engaged. Um, what it might have been a 2,500 person live event could now be, you know, in the tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. um, so. Thank yeah. you very much. Kathy, let's get you to comment on this. Agree or disagree with any or all. Go ahead, Kathy. A little bit. I agree mostly. I ah. think uh, when I look at it, I was like, yes, you can expand your reach. Absolutely. Right. Um, but I think you have to make sure that the event purpose isn't lost. Right. So like what I saw is a lot of people wanted to cut and paste what an in-person event was to a digital event. So they were like, okay, I'm going to bring all those elements that I had and all the purposes because an in-person event can serve many purposes, right? It can do several different things at the same time because you're gathering people, you know, um, in, in, for different reasons. But when you translate that to a digital event, you actually have a unique experience, you know, opportunity here to be more focused in your purpose and your message and your content. So while your reach can, can expand, um, I think the content relevancy has to be there to keep them there because otherwise you're going to go down a slippery slope of having a lot of stuff and not really talking to the right people. So what we're starting to do here is really look at our event portfolio in the digital space and say, what is the purpose of that event and how does that impact our reach? Because there's, there's two ways that we can look at it. Number one, yes, we do expand. So if we thought we could get, you know, you know, 5,000 people at an event or 100,000 people at an event, digitally, if you're getting like people and need that content, you can expand globally. Though there's challenges with that. I know we're struggling with the global time zones, the languages and those kind of things. But making it relevant to that attendee is what's going to have them not just register, but also attend. So that's why I think you do need to rethink your audience and you can go broader, but you have to be careful that your digital event doesn't try to become everything to everyone because it's so easy to get lost and you click out and move on to, I'll just, I'll just read about it or I'll find something on YouTube or ask a friend, right? You lose them. So that would be my only word of caution here is you definitely have the opportunity to expand your audience as long as you stay focused on what the purpose is. Thank you very much. Great tips. Lauren, uh, quick comments from you back. I want to make sure we cover something from Mark's list. So, Lauren, anything? No, I think I really agree with what Kathy said. And it's really about as you redefine the audience, you have to redefine the content at the same time, right? So that you right. have clear paths for each of your personas that's going to be coming to the event. So that's something, you know, if you're going from, for example, customers to prospects, or maybe you're expanding the number of roles within an organization that are attending, just making sure that you're not only marketing to them to attend the event, but you're also creating content for them um, so that there's a really clear path and value associated for them. Value. There's another key word for our, our event, our event here. Thank you very much, Mark Delaval. I'm looking at statement number two. I'm going to read the first line of that and the first line of number four combined. I think they'll wrap up some more good insider tips for our listeners. You say, consider all aspects of what you can with your event layout that will compel a viewer to stay engaged for the entire program. Yes. And number four, you say, use production in quotes with a capital P to create a more engaging product for viewers. And you say, for example, bring in somebody from a remote part of the world who might not have been there in person. So Mark, I'm gonna let you go at this. We've got about nine minutes, eight minutes left to the whole show. So take your three or four minutes on this one. Then we'll get quick comments around the table. Mark, you're up. You got it. I'll, uh, 
I'll condense uh, my statements here. And yeah, just um, some of the um, comments from uh, people that we've talked to over the past year is in uh, what is going to compel somebody to you know, sit in front of their screen for, um, obviously it wouldn't be a traditional eight hour day. Um, so what, what mm -hmm. can you do to make sure you're making, making the most out of a shortened day? Um, as far as, um, you know, maybe investing in some higher profile speakers, um, investing in, um, more compelling content and, uh, and ways of engaging your audience through uh, gamification or, uh, touch areas, um, for people to explore all areas of your platform. And then in statement four, when I say using production, uh, the most frequent comment we get is how can you make my meeting not look like a, and I, I hate to use, you know, Zoom or, or Teams, but that is what people are asking for and thinking along the lines of viewing a TV show. And again, this is one of the areas that we can build out and expand upon um, that, it, you know, maybe your conference is more along the lines of what a talk show or a news broadcast would look mm -hmm. like. Um, things you can't do with an in-person uh, event necessarily. Sometimes we run into tech challenges uh, on site that delay things. Um, whereas in this uh, venue, we can pre-record content. We can do several takes until we get it right for the viewer. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically uh, what I wanted to touch on with my points. Thank you very much. G great, great, great comments there. Great points. Let's get a quick comment back from Kathy Lopez and then Lauren Stefano, and then we'll wrap up. So Kathy, thoughts on what Mark shared, please? I think absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, if you are thinking that you can get away with just, you know, uh, a, a face and a <laughs> and that's it, you're going to lose them in the first 30 seconds. You have to tell a story, mm -hmm. I think, is is the best way to kind of approach it. I mean, there it, it goes back to, you know, I always think about when people create a TV show, the news, you know, I, a long time ago, I wanted to be a journalist, right? And I thought about, you know, what that took and being in that newsroom when you're deciding what the, the headline was going to be and, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that, you know, you had to kind of fill that hour of news that was before 24 hour news, but, you know, you had that, you know, five o'clock slot and you would be sitting around with the editors and you would storyboard out what that would be a TV show. You storyboard it out, right? So that there's a sequence of events that people want to understand what's going to happen next. So I think absolutely the production style is important and, um, you, need, you know, bringing that together so that it is engaging. And I also think some of the things that we're trying to do also is, is bring in some live elements as well. So you're not like always watching something that's pre-recorded because you're like, Oh, I'll watch it whenever, um, you know, having the viewer, be part of the decision on content, like choose your own adventure in a way, you know, you could have a speaker go deeper on something else, but based on the comments and the chat and the polling, that person in real time can pivot and change and, and bring that audience in or have a social media board that brings in people into the element. Um, when we did our tech ed event, I think you guys will appreciate this. We actually um, had a digital cat <laughs> on set. <laughs> and yes, and um, it was really kind of fun. It was something that just kind of showed up and it became a thing on Twitter. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like who's the cat? What's the cat's name? Who owns the cat? Like, why isn't there a dog? What's, you know, and it became kind of this neat thing. It was for a developer audience. So it kind of worked. Um, but, you know, think about things like that, that are, you know, unexpected uh, to bring people in that all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a cat on a SAP event. <laughs> what are they doing? You know, so you just never know. Um, but I think bringing those elements in that TV production storytelling is, is key to, to bringing an event together. Thank you, Kathy. Great expansion of what Mark shared. Lauren, I can give you about two minutes here, and then we're going to do our final predictions round. Lauren, go ahead. I mean, so first of all, I love that. I want a digital cat at every event that I <laughs> attend from now yeah. on. I think that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's it's exactly what what both of you had said, and it's making sure that the quality of the production of the event matches your brand and matches who you want to be as an organization, right? And so if you throw up a digital event and it looks the same as all the meetings that everybody attends all day, um, it's not your best foot forward, right? And so you want to make sure that you do have that high production quality so that everybody can see, everybody can hear clearly, every, you know, all the editing is done so that folks, your speakers are also putting their best foot forward and and presenting the best content that they can, right? One of the great things about doing it digitally is that you have that opportunity and so you should use it. One of the things we said all along in our planning was, you know, if we record a session and it's terrible, we don't have to air it. Mm-hmm. And that's huge, right? When you do a live event, if you have a speaker and they get on stage and they bomb, it's kind of it, right? But this way we actually have that opportunity to do the quality control Fortunately, we did not end up having to cut any sessions, but knowing that that was a possibility and that if we needed to re-record a piece or we needed to re-edit something, we had those opportunities to make sure that everything we were releasing was something that we were really proud of and that you know, we felt was to the level of the brand that we want to be putting out into the world. Thank you very much, Lauren. Good topic, Mark. And I think we can take the word, we have two minutes left, take the word surprise. We want to give surprises to the audience that will engage them and retain them as audience. We don't want production surprises. So you want to build in time to get rid of those bad surprises. I had a guest on one of my shows recently who was invited to one of the major NBC news magazines, daytime, I won't, it's a five letter word. And she thought she was going to be on live. They had a producer off air asking her questions, which she answered. She was taped. Then they dubbed in the very famous host to make comments and ask questions off. She never met the host and it was aired. And I, I had a feeling she thought, wow, I'm going to be on the show. And she was, but it was all done in bits and pieces. So the magic of production can lead you to think something. Yes, something happened. So you want surprises for your audience that are good and retain them. You don't want production surprises. Mark, thank you for that. I'm going to give you each, we're literally out of time. One sentence on the future of digital events. One sentence, one comma, one period. Kathy Lopez, go real fast uh digital events are here to stay (laughs) thank Um, you that's there you go lauren (laughs) stefano it's all about engagement and making your digital events as engaging as physical events have been in the past thank you mark de laval i see a return to live events but uh, a lower way lower number of live events and that uh, a significant shift to uh to to virtual it's here to stay as we say Thank you very much. I am so 
appreciative of the three of you, of the great tips you shared, the great insights, the stories you shared. I thank you for all the work you did to prepare for the show. Let's all put our hands together for Kirsten Boileau at SAP, who is the sponsor of this series. Kirsten, thank you for a great topic, for engaging three wonderful guests. Also, thank you to Aaron Keller, my engineer at World Talk Radio, Voice America. Appreciate that. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two months to the gallon now. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Kathy Lopez, just like Lauren Stefano, just like Mark Delaval, Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Still, be safe, be smart, be savvy, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Everybody wave. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.